Good evening. Welcome to the 12 Man Podcast. Um, it's about as cheerful as it's going to get, unfortunately. Um, you've got me, Steve Jackson. I'm in the main chair, uh, as usual. Uh, we've got Mr. John Donovan with us. Evening, JD. Now then, boys. Okay. Yeah. You? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Looking forward to Saturday, trying to yes. forget about Sunday. Exactly. That's what it's all about. We'll talk about Saturday a, a bit later. Um, well, Mr. John Cutler with us. Evening, Cuts. Evening, lads. How are we doing? Yeah, I'm sobered up now. I'm all right now. But, um, that, um, are we going to say the favourites? Yes. Apparently, he's my second favourite, Geordie. He's John's third. Steve, Steve Dixon's with us. Evening, Steve. Good evening. And I could be your first favourite, Geordie, after Sunday, but um, a bit of a depressing Monday, uh, Wednesday to come on. But what day is it? Tuesday. <laughs> Tuesday. depressing yeah. Tuesday to come on but there you go that's what a, that's what a good weekend is for you <laughs> good start there we go <laughs> but um yeah and we've got we've got a David since um on the podcast um Mr Andrew Keelty you alright hi good evening nice to be here hi nice to have you on um people listening don't worry his accent doesn't mean a thing. He's a Borough <laughs> fan. Doesn't mean a thing. He's one of us. No, it's good to have you on. Um, yeah, we're going to talk. Yeah, we're going to talk Sunday briefly. Um, we're, well, we're going to talk about the red cards. We're going to talk about the red cards. Uh, was it, wasn't it? Um, obviously, Borough put a, a failed appeal, as we know. Um, we'll talk about that. We'll talk about talk about the keeper, because we've got obviously we've got the goalkeeper's union with uh, Mr Dixon there. Um, he better get his helmet on, sharpish, for what's going to come. Um, transfer business, obviously, there's a bit of transfer business coming, apparently. And then we'll talk about Watford, where we move swiftly on to uh, hopefully get our run back on back on track. But uh, before we start, are we all all right? Yeah, yeah, great, great, sound, sound, good. Happy days, right? JD, we had a nice early start with Sunday. Um, I mean, you, what you saw by me, I was absolutely buzzing. I couldn't wait. Cuts was the same when he, when I met up with him. Absolutely buzzing. It was just. A, did you feel any nerves? Uh, no, not really. I mean, I was looking forward to the game. The fact, the fact that it's is a derby, isn't a derby, is no concern to me. I'm not that bothered. It's it, it's just a, a game that. Um, I look forward to. Um, I, I, I want us to do well in, um, but I wasn't nervous. No, um, I, I was just really sort of looking forward to it. Uh, like you say, bright early start, um, and it was a, it was a good start. You know, I mean, it was a good start to the day, um, and then obviously after kick off, uh, you know, we'll we'll discuss what went on in the game. But um, yeah, I was looking forward to the game. Lots of anticipation. Yeah, the, the derby that's not a derby, but they'll now call it a derby because of what happened in the derby. Derby, yeah, that, yeah. But you know, we'll, we'll say we'll, I'll even talk about the um, the lovely little um, art projects they all held up before the game as well. We'll have a chat about them. It was um, very colourful. Um, but cuts obviously it was your, your first one for a, a while. Obviously with 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 all us, you know, you were absolutely buzzing for it, weren't you? Yeah, I've mentioned before, Sunderland Dorman away is always my biggest game of the year. Uh, 
I was a bit nervous just because it's a derby game and I wanted us to win desperately. I thought we'd have got a result. Uh, we all know what happened, but yeah, the 90 minutes spoke what was a good deal otherwise. Yeah, it really. I mean, I don't want to go further anyway, but um, before I come to you, Steve, I'm going to bring Andy in. Andy, welcome. Um, good to have you with us. Obviously, you made the very short journey to the um, to the skip. Um, obviously, you had very familiar people um, obviously making the journey with you. Um, I know you were in the away with all us. Um, what was your feeling like, obviously, towards match day? Because obviously, you know... You, you suppose you're the outsider inside for the top. Yeah. Well, it's always a big game for me because a lot of my pals are Mattons, you know what I mean? Mm. And obviously I work at Washington. Mm. So they've been full of it this season because they've had a good season, haven't they, to be fair. I didn't expect them to be doing as well as they are coming up from League One. But uh, I was a bit apprehensive because I always am against them just in case it goes wrong like it obviously did. Mm. And uh I've had some pelters at work today, but disappointing one is really disappointing. Yeah, it really was. Yeah. I mean, go on. But um, no, yeah, you're absolutely right. It was it was disappointing. Obviously, you know, we'll talk further and further as we go along. But um, I was the same as you. I was I was I was like this. I was a bit. So now a couple of nerves hit me on on match day. It was a bit weird, but um, yeah. Steve, what was it like for you? Obviously, get, waiting up for match day. You know. It's, um, I suppose, being a Georgia boy, it's your biggest rivals, this one, isn't it? Newcastle's always made Derby for the same reason <laughs> what Andrews just said regarding Sunderland. However, um, obviously, I take Sunderland as a Derby as well. Uh, I felt a bit different this time. I'm normally very confident when we play Sunderland. Um, I always think it works against them that they don't take us as seriously as a Derby. I always think Middlesbrough do, both in terms of atmosphere by our supporters and also with players with 100% commitment. And I just felt a bit different about this one somehow. I thought with them having Tony Mowbray as manager, uh, who would have probably been explaining to the Sunderland players how important we take it, I thought it probably worked against a little bit. And with Sunderland doing well at the moment, uh, I think they were a bit more upfront than they normally are. And I could get that vibe like in the build-up to the game uh, by their supporters on social media by a few Sunderland fans I know and also just the build up of the game in terms of on the TV they seem to be very biased and pro Sunderland and their supporters seem to be a little bit more off than usual and I, I, I just thought everybody kept saying how many games Middlesbrough have beat Sunderland lately and how long it is since they won a game against were and the longer the closer it got to kick off I was thinking we really need to be up for this game because it's going to be probably Middlesbrough's most difficult game against Sunderland for many a year. Uh, the last time I had this type of vibe was, I think, when the beat were late on. Was it Chopra scored late on in the last in the corner yeah, coming against Brad Jones? The beat were that, that's the last time I felt like Sunderland were properly up for a derby game against me. And I had that vibe. And so because of that, I sort of was... I was half fearing the worst, to be honest. And I shouldn't be like that, obviously, because we've done well against them lately. But that's just me. That was the the vibe as I was watching the the, the TV. Um, and just a little underhanded tactics, I thought, something done, you know, like reducing our allocation and tickets, uh, which meant I couldn't get one. I, I always felt just little percentages were ticking in their favour, craftily. 
which doesn't normally happen. So that's the way I felt apprehensive. Yeah, it was. Um, I, maybe that's why I felt a little bit a couple of nerves. I said I, I don't, I don't know why I felt nerves. Cause I, I never do. Like you used to against Sunderland, Nubs. but Andy, obviously you travelled to the stadium like with a few of them. You know, obviously yeah. you have a few that say it's a derby. Some say it's not. Some say they don't care. Some say they do. What were what were the vibes you were getting from 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 there? Because it seemed to me they were really up for it when we got there. Aye, uh, they were. All oh, my mates fancied he fancied themselves. They were just going on about that uh, that Diallo kid all game, like all on the morning because we we started off boozing about nine o'clock. You know what I mean? Uh, and I gave them confidence because they said they were saying to me their worst performance of the season has been when they played us a better. Yeah, I say I, I have a, I had a few saying their worst performances up at the Riverside as well. And they say we only beat them one 0 that night, and they say like you said there. A few were mentioning about Diallo as well, but uh, and we did mention him last week. You know, he's, he's a he's a he's a hot shot. He's a he's, he's a he's a whippet, and obviously, you know, I'll go on to discuss why he was. But um, JD team came out eleven o'clock. One change came in. Um, Lenahan came in for McNair. Um, obviously, his his foot infection was um, was gone, which was lovely. Um, but um, just about what you expected. Uh, well, no, obviously, I didn't expect Lenihan. Um, I mean, some of our local reporters were saying that um, they were reporting that he would miss the game. This was on Friday, that he would miss the game and um, it would probably be McNair and Fry at the back. So so that change was a surprise, but a welcome one. <clears throat> I um, I was pleased to see uh, Lenihan and Fry together because they've, they've formed uh, a fairly... Um, Robust partnership, quite successful one recently, um, but you know, other than that, I, I, I was I was comfortable with the team, um, you know, I, I, and I was I was expecting us to do well, um, but you know, we 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 never really got started, did we? We were slow. No, it's absolutely spot on. Completely agree with you. But um, it's it was quite weird because like, obviously. For away games, we're always in each other's company when the team comes out because obviously we're just heading towards the ground from wherever we've been and we've all got the team on our phones. We're all having a little read and we're all saying, well, he should have played or he should have come in or I'm surprised he's not on the bench or whatever. But obviously we were all in the ground by then and it was um, it was a bit weird getting there a bit early, wasn't it? But I, I thought it was a bit too early to be getting there considering... There wasn't many of us getting in, if you get me. Yeah, well, you know, you you'd have no say, really, do you? I mean, um, mm. yeah, the, the the police ask all coaches, uh, which is how we got there, to be at certain points at certain times. Um, so they're going to try and get you into the game uh, when they want you into the ground. And similarly, they didn't want the special train to arrive at the same time as however many coaches arrived and it caused a bottleneck and, and possible frustration. So, yeah, it was odd being in the ground so early, but at least it gave you the chance to get a couple of beers in the ground and, you know, see see lots of other people you normally see at away games. So so that was OK. Um, but, yeah, you're right. Um, being in the ground so early was, was new to me. Yeah, and get up all them bloody stairs as well. <laughs> Yeah, I was yeah. counting them all as I was going up, but um, yeah. wasn't as bad as I thought it would be. 
I, I don't know whether uh, Newcastle and, and Sunderland deliberately sort of put your hype in the gods to, to knacker the fans out so they can't get behind the team, but uh, it didn't stop us all. No, of course it didn't. We were in, we were in fine voice for that game, but um, Steve, I'll come to you because obviously, um, as you said there, because of the allocation, you know, you unfortunately missed out on a, on a ticket to go to the stadium. But like, um, I've, I've heard, I've, obviously, we didn't see the build up. I haven't watched any of it since. Um, obviously, I've seen the goals, etc., and when you know, talking points. It's it, what I've heard though, it seems a bit biased towards Sunderland. I mean, having Luke 09 on commentary, obviously, Don Goodman's former Sunderland as well. It just seemed like they were leaning towards them a little bit more, what I was hearing. Yeah, that's that's the way it come across to me. Obviously, you've, you've got your, your Burroughs tinted spectacles on, but that really did come across that way. I see Don Goodman on commentary and why they had Luke Nine in the in the commentary box giving his opinion. And his opinion was basically zero. He, he got asked he got asked one question, which was who's the best opposition team you've come across this season? And he couldn't answer it. And he ended up going, um, I, I, I don't know. Can you give us 30 seconds and come back to us? And then they, then they went back to him and he said, oh, well, thanks, Luke, for all your insight on today's game. And uh, Sunderland, uh, Luke's leaving with now. And off he went. So that was really interesting to hear what he had to say. Uh, <laughs> completely, you know, it was just nonsense. And as I say, the build-up just seemed to be pushing towards uh, uh, Sunderland bias somehow. I don't know why. Um that's the way it come across to, to me and I think many many other middle supporters. What? I'm glad I haven't watched it back because that's ridiculous. Um, <laughs> I mean, why would you have a current Sunderland player come in and have a chat at the junior game about his current team? It just seems absolutely stupid. <laughs> there, was, there was nothing he said of any note, of any interest, and that's being honest. <laughs> it was just a pointless exercise. I don't know why. I can't see Sky maybe he's doing this very often to be honest anymore because it was a waste of the waste of everybody's time. But it didn't yeah. it didn't it didn't sort of um sit well with I think many Middlesbrough supporters. No, I don't I don't, I don't think it should have. I think that's ridiculous. Um but yeah, I still can't get my head around that when I heard that. But um cuts, I'll come to you. Um one player that was missing, well I noticed was missing. I I, I think he was missing. I need to look us up now. Isaiah Jones again. Where was he? For me, we're a we're a better team with him in the side. I know he hasn't been. I keep saying he hasn't been as good as last season, but he's still got a fair few assists and he's still a big threat when he gets the ball at his feet and taking players on. But we'd won the week before and it had worked, so I couldn't really complain with the team. But it's a bit of a mystery to me why he's being blew out so much, it makes me wonder has someone shown interest in him and his head's being turned a little bit? I don't know. Obviously, that's just pure speculation, but I, f- I find it a little bit odd that he's got completely blew out. Yeah, as, as, as I say, I, I don't even think he was on the bench. I mean, someone could put me wrong and say, well, he was, but I don't remember seeing him warm up. I don't remember seeing him um, before the game when I went had a little look at the the view from the from this from the gods in the sky. Um I can't remember seeing him at all and I just thought it's a bit of a weird decision again. But as I say I, I, I wouldn't I would not I would not doubt Carrick he's obviously done a good job so far but come to the game first half first half was a bit scrappy for me. 
I don't know how anybody else felt on that. Um, I, I know I felt they had a bit of the upper hand. Obviously, I know they had the goal ruled out. Um, Stefan made that absolute howl and gave it to Diallo. We'll talk about Stefan in a little bit. Um, and obviously, Force had that chance as well late on in the first half. But was it just two teams trying to figure each other out a little bit? And, you know, that's how it seemed to me because first half was, it didn't really get going until the second half, if you get me. Well, we didn't get going, certainly. Um, we were very, uh, very disjointed. Um, we, we gave the ball away cheaply far too often. We created all the chances that Sunderland had in the first half. We created them uh, for Sunderland in the first half. And, and, and I'm just thankful that um, uh, we didn't go in um, behind at half-time. You know, it could have been 2-0. Um, Stewart missed, uh, missed a couple of easy chances. Diallo, um, one-on-one with the keeper, and he put it wide. Yeah, they had, uh, they had a goal disallowed. We were we were disappointing first half. Uh, I thought, like I say, we we handed the initiative to uh, to Sunderland uh, far too often and far too easy. Um, I remember talking to Andy at half time, and uh, you know, I, I was um, you know, I made the point that uh, nil nil at half time. I was quite happy with because we hadn't we hadn't started by then. Yeah, we hadn't. Um... I say I'll bring in Andy on that point. You know what we offered. Obviously, saw we we pretty much the same as John first half. When we got to half time with nil nil, I thought, oh, I'm happy with that because mm. I thought we cannot be as bad second half. That's what I thought. Because like John says, we just couldn't get going, could we? Yeah. Past us going astray. I thought Housen was poor. Hackney didn't seem to have any much impact on the game and. I think we struggled on the whole to, to, to get all of that Diallo and Roberts. Roberts looked decent as well, didn't he, for them? And I got in at nil-nil, I thought, I'm happy with this. And we've got to get better. Obviously, it didn't, did it? No. <laughs> Five minutes into second half. Well, no, so, I mean, I mean, I mean, obviously, since you mentioned it, obviously, five minutes in the second half. One, is it a foul? And two, is it a red card? Oh, yeah, no, no. There you go. No, no. I don't, see how he, I don't see how he can give it from where he was at. No, I, I can't. Put, I put that on Twitter. He was in our half. I don't know if you've noticed, there was a massive pause, wasn't he? He was looking at his landsman for a bit of his help. The landsman wasn't flagging. Then it seemed like it went on forever. It must have been five seconds after he was on the deck before he even gave the penalty. I didn't think he was going to give it. But well, you know, I, I, this is often a criticism I have of linesmen. I mean, half the time they don't make a decision; they look to the referee uh, to give them some indication of, of, of what to do. Um, the linesman was in a, 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 a perfect position, really, to see that um, the the shove, the the, the final shove that um, Dale Fry gives Stewart was just outside the box. Mm-hmm. Now, if the referee thought that was a foul and he was uh, the last man and he was denied a goal-scoring opportunity, then, OK, I'm not going to argue about the red card. But the penalty, um, I, I, you know, it, it was like double punishment and, and, and I thought it was really unfair and changed the game. At nil-nil with 10 men, 
we could still go on to to get something from that game. But at one nil um, <laughs> with the penalty and down to ten men, it's a it's a it's a massive job getting back in. No, you're absolutely right, Steve. What was it? What was I dread to I dread to ask this. <laughs> what did Sky say about this? Um, I, 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 I was I can't remember exactly what Sky was saying because obviously I had my own thoughts going through my head at the time. I was probably shouting at the TV myself. Um, my own thoughts on it was like John. I thought double punishment was really harsh because the referee, as Cut says, you could tell he was unsure of what decision to make, and he, he paused and he took his time. And I thought the referee all game was a bit of a homer in my opinion because. Early in the game, he booked Housen, and then Sunderland done a few fouls after that, mm. and he, he he talked to the Sunderland players and didn't brandish a card. And then the decision on the penalty, he obviously wasn't sure, the linesman wasn't sure, and for him to give a penalty and a red card, I thought that was really, really harsh on Middlesbrough. My own opinion of it was... It's outside the box, but Dale Fry is going to get sent off. And I thought that immediately when I watched it live, and I, I still stick to that after watching it on the replays, he was the foul was committed way back if it was a foul. With his, they were both jostling, and there was a 50-50 tug, tugging match. And, and to be fair to Stuart, he was quite crafty. And he waited and waited and waited until he got near the bot, box. And then, then he, for me, dived. Now, I'm not going to blame Stewart for that because if a Middlesbrough player does the same, we all don't care. So you don't blame Stewart, but the referee should be wily enough to know what Stewart's trying to do. He's trying to get into the box before he goes down. Um, so for me, the, the decision what should have been, if he thought it was a foul, it should have been a free kick and a red card. Then that would have but, been suffice. But um, Steve... Why, why didn't the linesman um, come into all this? He was he was running alongside. Totally he, agree. He sees, he, he doesn't have an unobstructed view. Of course. Uh, sorry, he has an un, unobstructed view. And he sees where the, the final touch is and, and it's outside the box. Yeah. So so why why doesn't he have a word with the referee? What What's yeah. his job? So, as I say, I thought the officials were, were baffling all game and We'll probably go into it later on, and then the icing on the cake by their performance was obviously the the non penalty late on for Middlesbrough. It wasn't given on, you know, an Akpom late on. It was obviously a blatant penalty that wasn't given. So all through the game for me, I thought Middlesbrough in the end of some really poor decisions right from the start. Um, if we had scored the penalty, would we come back? Probably not. That's not the point. The, the, their decisions throughout the game for me, right from the go. Booking our players, not booking Sunderland players. The 50-50s for me all game went in favour of the home side. Um, and that was disappointing for me because in a derby game, you need a referee and you need a linesman and a fourth official to be really strong. And they weren't, they were weak and they were poor. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'll accept that uh, Sunderland were the better team over 90 minutes um, because we just didn't play to uh, the standards that we've been used to recently but to 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 have that big big game changer decision um five minutes into the second half really really give us a mountain to climb um and I, I was like I say I was disappointed I'll, I'll go I'll go full Roy Keane mode here what's the landman doing it's his job 
it's his job to do that. And he didn't have the bottle to, to call a referee over and speak to him. He just bottled it. If anybody gives that foul, John, it's got to be him, hasn't it? Yeah, of course it is. Of course it is. The refs, the refs 40 yards away behind. It's just a joke. Like, the more you see it, the more annoying. <laughs> but all well, I've was... had off them today at work, and obviously we mates as well, we should have had a penalty last week against Swansea. We never got it, and then we got that O'Neill sent off, and that cost us the game. So they just say, it's all right. You see Stuart's interview after the game? No. No. And seen it. Like, I saw it yesterday because I was off work. He was laughing, man. He was laughing about the penalty. When he interviewed, do, do you think there was a penalty? And he was like, oh, well, yeah, you know, like, I got pushed and all this. But you could see, he knows he's mugged the ref off there, 100%. But like like you said, John, you've, one of our players would have done the same, wouldn't he? We, we'd yeah. all be cheering, I suppose. But, uh, aye, Magnums. <laughs> 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 there were, it, 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 you're, you're right, John. There was a huge uh, game-changing decision. Now, when, when you mentioned the teams earlier on, what did you feel like at the start of the game? Listen to you, lads, what you thought. I was a little bit, again, I shouldn't have been disappointed with Middlesbrough starting lineup, but I felt I knew Sunderland were going to come out the blocks at Middlesbrough quickly and have a real go with Roberts and Stewart and Diallo, and I thought they were going to have a right go at it. And I thought we should have really set up to counter that. And when I when I seen Crooks up front again and were wide players in force and McGree, I wondered where our sort of pace really was going to come from because they're poor at the back and good up front. And I thought we could have exploited them with more pace in the side. And I thought I was hoping Carrick was going to tweak it and maybe he's bring Archer in from the start or or mm. maybe he's even uh what more in or some just just to tweak it and give them something to think about. And when I seen the lineup, I thought, it's, you know, can we stay in the game? And we were really poor. And to me, Middlesbrough, first half, we're looking not to be two or three nil down, like you have said. But like you like you have said, I was I was delighted to go in at half time nil nil because <laughs> I looked at their bench and they had nothing. And I looked at our bench and I seen game changers in Archer, in Watmore, who could come on to change the game with pace and Isaiah Jones to come on and change the game with pace. And I thought the longer this game goes on, this could really tip in Middlesbrough's favour. And Middlesbrough under Carrick will never seem to have two halves the same or if we're poor the first half or better second half, we're good at coming back under Carrick. And I quite fancied with then when that decision happened on the penalty with Stewart and the double the, the, the double punishment with the red card, I just knew at that moment that was Middlesbrough's game over. And it was so frustrating because I just thought the game was going to start to tip in our favour when that happened. And you look at the socials and that, you know, you can't really argue because people say Sullen were the better team. Sullen fans say they're the better team. The, on the TV said Sullen were the better team. And you can't argue because they were. But we all know sitting here now, football doesn't work like that. And if you don't take your chances, you get punished. And I thought Sullen were in for one of those games where they'd had the chances I hadn't taken them, and Middlesbrough would have got stronger with the substitutions of that game on. So I was really, really frustrated with it. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, um, they had the crowd behind them for the first few minutes, but then they fell silent, uh, and we heard them again 
after the penalty and more so when the second goal went in. Um, you know, so so we had, well, I, I thought we'd weathered the storm. Um, I thought, like you, Steve and Andy, that uh, the second half we would improve and uh, and and go on to to maybe um, put put ourselves into the game a bit more. But it, it wasn't a be because, like I say, five minutes into it, we found ourselves a man down and a goal down. I know we say this. We, we've talked about it in the past, haven't we? And we've said about midfielders, and maybe we need. This was before Hackney came in and started doing really well. That we need a bit of creativity. But do you lads not think we missed someone who's, like in a derby game especially, we had no one that could absolutely rattle them with a tackle, do you know what I mean? And, and I, st- I still think we missed someone, I know I keep mentioning his name, someone like Ledbetter or going back to when I first started going Gary Hamilton. I still think we need a bit of nastiness in that team, mate. Eh? They're, they're, they're a dying breed though, John. When you look, no, when you look no, no. around now, there's not many of those type of players around at the top level that have the quality to both do the nasty stuff and play. There's very few. I and mean, when we keep naming players now, like you've just done there with Ledbetter, we're always set tend to go back to the past. There's very few players now around who are actually quality in terms of being on the ball and the passing and driving in terms of getting goals and assists that actually can do the nasty stuff. There's plenty probably cloggers in the lower leagues or the lower reaches in the, you know, that can kick people and but Middlesbrough are better than that now and the way we want to play under Carrick we need somebody if they're going to be that type of player they've got to have the quality as well to back it up and I don't yeah. think there's many around like that at the moment We had a far better team than what we saw on Sunday um, we yeah. know that we we know that um, it just it, it was it was a poor performance you've, you've got to hold your hands up um, I mean I've seen games where Johnny Housen's rattled into tackles and he, he's he's dominated the midfield. It, again, him and him and Hackney and McGree didn't really control any spells of that game. Um, it was just uh, it was just a poor display. We've got to hold our hands up. Um, like I say, we weren't helped by the officials, but we've got to hold our hands up. It's gone now. They've took three points off us. We took three points off them. You never know. We might meet them in the playoffs. Eh? Let's hope so. Well, that's one thing I said, didn't I? Um, I, I? I think we'll be back there in May. I really do. Um, and I, I'll hear every second of it. But I, before I talk about the second goal, I, want to, I just want to go back to that penalty. Uh, this is where I want to bring the keeper in. Why is the keeper not coming out for that? Balls away from the defenders, balls away from the striker. Why is the, why is the keeper... Most... Keepers now are a bit more flexible, and they'll, especially where he comes from, Manchester City. They're encouraged to come out and close the play down. He stood still until he got towards the box. Is it just me that thought he should have took a bit more of a risk and just helped Fry out a little bit more? Because I, I still, I still don't think it's a foul, but you could see Fry was struggling. He was struggling to keep up with him. He was struggling to, to get to grips with him. And obviously, that's when Stuart thought, well, if I go down here, he's going he's gonna to know that he struggled against me and he can't get hold of me. I just felt Stefan could have come out and dealt with it before my, he got to that 18-yard line. My instant reaction as soon as it happened, and I've not watched it back on TV, and I won't be watching it back on TV, 
No. But when they're watching it live, my instant reaction was, I turned around with a few of the lads and said, why isn't Stefan coming out there? Now, obviously, Steve's the goalkeeping guy here. He watched it on TV. Do you think he should have come out for it, Steve? Well, I'll, I'll give my opinion on, on Zach Stefan's performance and, and the goal. Because uh, I knew I'd be asked this from you because obviously I have sort of backed Zach Stefan this season. Now, do I think Zach Stefan had a great game on, on Sunday? No, I don't. Do I think he was at fault for us getting beat? No, I don't. And, and I'll go through his performance. Early on, I don't think Middlesbrough as a whole and Zach Stefan weren't helped by another Sunderland tactic, which was the pitch was bobbly and dry. I think it was deliberately done by Tony Mowbray because he knows the way we like to slick, slick the ball around and play quickly from the back. That was a good tactic by Mowbray. I think it really hindered us with it being a bobbly, difficult pitch to play on. And early on, Zach Stefan, as you know, terrible clearance. The Diallo should have scored. Really poor mistake by him. Did it need to happen? No, it didn't. He had an easy pass to his left, to the full-back. But the way we play, he tries to play that difficult ball into the midfield, which gets where gets us started on the front foot. He needs to learn um, in certain games, like Burnley away, like Sunderland away, sometimes you're better off playing safe or putting your foot through it. However, I understand that's what he's been told to do. That's the way Middlesbrough play now. He's played all these games this season so far. He has been caught out three or four times, but we haven't actually conceded a goal yet playing that way. We probably will, moving forward, let's be honest. But I just think Michael Carrick needs to have a word with him and say, we're happy playing like this as a, as, as a team. We're happy you being our goalkeeper playing that way from the back because that's what your strength is. However, you've got to learn at certain times, you've got to play it safe, you've got to read the room. So that was his first mistake, which was poor. Um, as the game went on... Um, I didn't think, in my opinion, he'd done a great deal wrong. So we're going to come to the to the goal, what you've just mentioned there, John. So to me, it was a great ball over the top by Roberts, which was which took everybody by surprise. He just volleyed it way back in his own half, over the top. As a goalkeeper in that position, and you're probably going to get a situation where people listening, 50% will agree with us and, and 50% won't. In my opinion... And what I would have been doing is not too dissimilar similar to Zach Steppen. The ball goes over the top. If the ball is away from Stewart and I'm standing, you know, thinking I can get there, yeah, would, would you take the risk to come out? Possibly. However, as a goalkeeper, you know if you leave your area, the first thing you can't do is use your hands. Now, Stewart and Fry were neck and neck running towards Middlesbrough's goal, jostling, pulling each other. So as a goalkeeper, my natural instinct there would be, I'm staying here. Let them go at it. As soon as he loses the ball or he knocks the ball too far, that's my time where I come flying off my lane, make myself big, try and put the striker off. And if you watch it, I think just before Dale Fry lets him into the box. If I'm Dale Fry, I just go, you know what it is? I'm letting, I'm not going to get sent off. I'm letting you go one-on-one -on -one with Zach Steffen. What's the worst that can happen? You either score or Zach Steffen saves it and I stay on the pitch. But he kept the hold of him a little bit too long. However, if you watch it, 
he loses control of the ball, Stuart. He knocks it too far in front of him. That's the moment, if you watch, Zach Steffen does come out quickly and he gets the ball. Now, I don't think we're having this conversation about Zach Steffen if the referee gives a free kick or doesn't give a penalty. I think people just go, Stuart's lost control. Zach Steffen's come out. He's got the ball. That's that's my take on it. I think we're over-analysing Zach Steffen on everything he does. Um, and I think Middlesbrough fans need to rein it in a little bit on our goalkeepers, not just this season, but moving forward. I think what's happened with Middlesbrough supporters, they've been scarred by having Bettinelli. They've been scarred by having Joe Lumley. And now everybody's a goalkeeping expert. You know, analysing... Middlesbrough's goalkeeper on every single mistake he makes. Now, I, I watched last week t- the two best goalkeepers in the Premier League at Manchester City and Liverpool both kicked the ball to opposition players and they put it in the back of the net. Nobody thinks Edison's rubbish or Alisson's rubbish or questions how Liverpool play or Man City play. So why do we as Middlesbrough fans want to question our goalkeeper on everything he does in the way we play from the back? That's the way Michael Carrick wants to play. We're a championship team. We're not going to have a goalkeeper that's one of the best in Europe or the best in the world or the best in the Premier League. We're in the championship. We've got probably the best goalkeeper we can have the way we want to play. And I think we should enjoy that and embrace it because he's helping us move up the league by the way he plays. Yes, he makes mistakes. And yes, he will make mistakes. Does he make big saves? Yes, he does. Look at him at Norwich, when you were down at Norwich, the saves he made there. He has made big saves as well in games. And I just think we need to rein it in a little bit of supporters and give our goalkeeper confidence because what we don't want now, moving forward towards the end of the season and hopefully in the in, in the picture for the playoffs, is every time our goalkeeper gets the ball, people booing or, you know, giving a what should I say, uh, a nervous atmosphere around the Riverside Stadium. Um, and I, I just think at times, every mistake Zach Steffen makes now, or anything he does wrong, is over-analysed. I heard Neil Madison on BBC Tees. I had a bit of banter with him on Twitter. I think Neil Madison needs to rein it in. He's been doing this for a while on BBC Tees. He seems to be questioning Zach Steffen on this, that and the other for, the, for quite a while now. Um and I, I think it needs to stop. It's becoming like a fixation of Middlesbrough about the goalkeeper. And I think it'll continue when Zach Steffen leaves the club. The next goalkeeper that comes in, I think will continue as a fan base. And it needs to stop. Like he's a really, really decent goalkeeper, championship level. As I've said, in my opinion, whoever, whatever, anybody, anybody cares about my opinion, he's, if not the best, one of the best in the league. And I think he's done great since Michael Carrick's come in. Um, and on Saturday, uh, on Sunday, as I say, did he have a good game? No. Did he have a few dodgy moments? Yes. Did he contribute to our defeat on Sunday? In my opinion, not at all. I, I even heard some crazy talk about him doing better on the penalty. He saved the penalty. Now, people are saying, why didn't he push it away to the left? Why he didn't push it away to the left was because the player didn't put the ball in the corner and Zach Steffen dived like a goalkeeper should, as quick as he could, to the left and dive past the ball. And the ball was behind his hands. So instead of him pushing his hands to his left, he had to adjust his hands and bring his hands further into his body. And it come off his hand 
in an awkward angle and knocked the ball back into the centre of the goal for the rebound. That's not a goalkeeping mistake. But I've seen people questioning for saving a penalty and saying it's his fault. So that's how I've seen it. But I respect everybody's opinion. But I just think we need to rein it in a little bit on Zach Stetton because I don't think going forward it's going to help Middlesbrough or him. See, I, I, I quite like Stefan, to be honest. He's a good shot stopper. And the mistakes that he is obviously going to make from playing out from the back, I can forgive that because that's what he's been told to do by the management team. Goalkeeper is a very lonely position. We had we had maybe another seven or eight players that massively underperformed on Sunday as well, but they can suck. There's hiding places for them. There's no hiding place for a goalkeeper. So when he's given the ball away through passes, you can count on one hand this season when he's done it. So the amount of times he has passed it out from the back, the percentage-wise, it's really low. But like I say, he's been told to do that from the people above him. And that's why we brought him to the club. So so I agree with you, Steve. Hopefully the fans won't get on his back and start booing him when he keeps hold of the ball and doing the things that he's been told to do by the management. Because going forward, he's going to be our keeper for the rest of the season, hopefully in the playoff final and us going up. So we need, we need to get behind him, but... It was a big game on Sunday. I understand why fans are talking about it and I know why they're talking about it. But let, like I say, let's just hope we can we can still get behind him and not make him feel uncomfortable. Yeah, totally agree. Spot on. I think he's been good on the whole. I'm happy with him in goal. Like you say, Steve, after like Lumley and Bettinelli, <laughs> we have been a bit scared, haven't we? And it's easy, it's easy to get on the keeper's back, but... Yeah, that one down Burnley when he led into the back post. You know, it happens that done it. Yeah. But uh, I think it's been more positives than negatives for him because he is very instrumental to the way we play, isn't he? Absolutely. Absolutely. So, it'll be a if we get him back next year. Do you think we'll go from next year? I, I would take him back, no problem at all. But I don't think we will. To be honest, I don't think we'll get him back. I don't think Man City will. Loan about again, he'll probably be sold somewhere, maybe. But um, if we could get him tied down for next season, I think it would be a pretty good move. I can see us buying him. Be honest, I can see us put. I can see us putting a bid in for him. No. Did you see his reported wages? I don't see us putting a bid in for him and paying him anywhere near that. I just don't see it happening. Didn't somewhere wasn't it on? Wasn't it on last week? Our players' wages, and isn't he on some like seventy grand a week or eighty grand a week at City? Eighty thousand, I think. Eighty thousand. We're not going to be paying anywhere near that. I, I, I heard from somebody connected to the club that Middlesbrough are paying half his wages, so he's probably getting oh. 30, 40 grand off Middlesbrough a week. Um, but, would you be happy with us paying thirty, forty grand a week for him next season if we're still in the Championship? If we're in the Championship, I would, yeah, because I, I still stand by what I said. I think he's one of the better goalkeepers in the Championship, so and he's fundamental to the way we play. If we went mm. up to the Premier League, could we do better? Possibly. I think but, it's a big chunk, big chunk of change to be paying someone that amount of money in the Championship like me. But, but I do like but, him on the whole. That, it's not, how many, it's not how many keepers? How many keepers could come in in the Championship and do that? I, I keep hearing fans on about we goalkeeper Roberts. He's, he's, he's not good enough with his feet. If you put Robertson now in the next 10 games, we couldn't play the way we're playing. So it's how much importance Michael Carrick <laughs> thinks that Stefan is to our game, the way we play. 
if Michael Carrick thinks he's really important to the way we play, then I'm sure you'll try and get him back again next season. Um, but as I say, at the moment, we've just got to forget about all that and just see if we can back the boys, back Zach Steppen, get the get 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 the playoffs and hopefully the Premier League, and then you know maybe that won't be a conversation because we'll probably be after somebody else. I, I just think I just think that sometimes um, the decision making is wrong during the game. There are times where you can play it out of the back um, and and build and and build forward, but there are other times when you've just got to clear your lines, just get rid. Um, and, I, I said that, John. That's what I'm saying. I said that. You before. did. Yeah, you I, did. I, 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 to, I, I totally agree. It's. It's. I think somebody probably. The, I mean, the goalkeeping coach for a start. You know, surely he's saying to him, look, there's no harm at times in just clearing your lines. You don't have to over overplay and overdo it. And maybe that's a conversation that needs to be had with Zach Stefan, just to say, look, sometimes if it's not on, it's not on. Well, it just it. goes along. That's it. And that's the decision in game time that the keeper has to make. And sometimes he's, he's made the wrong call. Uh, I mean, as you know, Steve, we're in a WhatsApp group and, and, and we've chatted about this and, and that's that's the point I put. I just think sometimes um, safety first has got to be lodged the ball and uh, especially on a on a, a strong pressing team like Sunderland were on Sunday. Totally I, will this, I will say this about him. He's relatively inexperienced at this level, isn't he? I know he's been at City. But he's played in America, which with it's not a criticism. It's it, the standard's not as good as the championship, and he's had a few international caps. But I, I think this is probably his first season at a real good standard. So, I th- like like you have alluded to, I think he's done pretty well on the whole, really. Yeah. Good point. Good point. Good point to make because he, 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 it's probably the first time in his career that he's had a real good run of games at a good standard, like you've said, back to back instead of coming in the team and out the team and. Things like that. So yeah, it's a, it's a it's a good point. And all I would say is that you know, regarding next season, like a lot of Middlesbrough players that have came on loan and done okay, then left. A lot of times, the following season, they start doing really well. So who's to say Zach Stepin next season won't be a better goalkeeper because of his experience this season with us? You know, now if he's going to be better next season and we're still in the championship, I'd take him all day long. Yeah, I mean, I'm glad. I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad we asked that question. That really did open things up, didn't it? Uh, <laughs> but no, I think my my point was, as I say, I, I'm with JD on this. I, I, it's just a bit of his decision, mate. I, I fully believe he's a good keeper. I really do. I think he's a brilliant shot stopper. And sometimes with the ball, he is he is very good with his feet. He is very good because he when we in the in the crowd, you can see a pass that maybe they can't see, but then. He does see it like the pass into midfield. He'll play. He's happy to play it to House into Hackney and let them explore and open the field up instead of just hoofing it up like like Bettinelli did, like Lumley tried to do um, when you give it a go. Um, but yeah, I, I just felt on Sunday there was a split second. I think it was the second touch Stuart made before he took the touch outside the box. He could have just closed it. I'm not saying fully close it. I'm just saying, come off your line a bit. Just come off your line a little bit. You know, don't say so stationary and just close the angle a little bit more. Make him think about what's in front of him. 
and he just felt like he had a bit more freedom to go forward and forward, and that's when his decision was made. But that's that's basically all my point was. So just before we end, just just before we end this point on Zach Stefan, we'll end it on a high note by saying he's the best goalkeeper we've had since Darren Randolph. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll absolutely, I'll, I'll second that. It really is. But uh, it's, it's funny that we're, we're trans, you know, transfixed though on goalkeepers as a fan base at the moment. Um, when you think on Sunday, you've got Dale Fry, who got sent off, pulling the player back or not pulling the player back, and in the first half, Dale Fry missed an easy header that it bounced over his head, put Stewart clean through. And Zach Steffen made a great save right on half time and parried it around the post. Yet nobody mentions Dale Fry's performance. What we're mentioning and what we've been discussing is Zach Steffen's. And that's what I'm trying to say. We need to look at it objectively and not starting to get a witch hunt against certain players. Uh, you, you just uh, sort of uh, brought me into something that I was wanting to ask you lads about. Um, Ross Stewart, we were obviously. There was a link there that Middlesbrough trying to sign him. I didn't think that he was anything special, I'll be honest with you. I don't see him every week, obviously, but I didn't think he was anything special. Um, in fact, he squandered a number of chances. Um, th- there was there was very little in the Sunderland team that I would sort of like think, you know, that would be a player I'd be interested in. There was only the guy from... Uh, Man United's Ahmad Diallo. Um, there was nothing else really. I, I don't know what you lads thought. I think the thing with Stewart is he had a, he had a really good year last year, and he's bit, he was injured for a big chunk, wasn't he? he? Got injured in a warm up against us, I think, and was out for a while. But you can't. I, I think it's pretty. We only give him judge him obviously on what we've seen. I don't think he was outstanding on Saturday, but it, a lot would depend on the transfer fee, John, wouldn't it? I mean. If it's the reported figures of eight, nine, ten million pounds, do I think we should do that? Probably not. That's not a criticism of the player himself. It's just the position we're in at the moment. So I don't think if I was the hierarchy, I'd be spending anywhere near that amount of money on him. To be fair, there is no way I would spend two to three million on 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 um, on Stewart. Uh, if I if I'm honest, um, I I didn't see. I know it's only one game, but I've I've seen highlights of Sunderland and. Yes, he, he, he scores. He scores a few goals, but yeah, I'm sorry, I, I just didn't. Uh, I, I didn't rate him. Now you watch the butter. <laughs> you watch the butter. Make a mug of me, and we sign him towards uh, the end of the window. But, but before no. the game on Sky, John, all they showed before the game was Ross Stewart's goals, and all his goals were basically balls over the top into space, like he scored, like he did against Dale Fry, over the top into space, getting in behind, and. If you think about the way Middlesbrough play, we don't play that way. We yeah. don't play no. balls in over the top. We don't play that way. So I don't see how the way Ross Stewart plays would fit fit into the way Michael Carrick wants to play. I don't think he's a Michael Carrick type of player. I think he's a handful. I think he's quicker than he looks. He's a big, big fella. Um, and he takes his goals well. But you're talking 10, 15 million pounds for that lad. And I don't think he's anywhere worth anywhere near 10, 15 million pounds. Uh, Diallo... From Man United now, if you know he's available with the Michael Carrick connection with Manchester United, that's a different conversation because I think he would play right into the Michael Carroll, uh, Michael Carrick style of play. That'd be a great signing for it. So this is a question I, I was going to bring it up later, but you've sort of alluded to it there, right? 
So with Crooks playing up front for us, a big man who can hold the ball up, that we haven't really got as a centre-forward in our squad. Do any of you lads, I've been thinking for a while that it wouldn't surprise me if Carrick brought in, I'll mention a name that I don't want back, like Hugo, a big lad who can hold the ball up. Ball's going into the box, he's decent at heading the ball. Do any of you lads see us buying a striker like that? Because we keep going on about Carrick's type of football and how he wants to play, and then Crooks is playing up front. Well, he's, he's probably... Sorry, so got... no, no, you go, Andy, go on. He's, he's got to be looking to get Archer in that team, and he? I know he's like a different player to Crooks. I, I thought on Sunday, we might see him today, I thought he might start him on Sunday, and I was a little bit... I know Crooks has done all right for us, and he has. Uh, but I thought he might have been a better option on Sunday. And I just think, you know, you look at Chuba now, he's playing great. Even on Sunday, he's knocking some great balls, wasn't he? Akpom, Akpom looks like a good footballer now. The work Carrick's done with him, I think, moving him back in that like number 10 role. I think having somebody like Archer in front of him, do we need do we need a big bloke up front? I don't know. Do we? Do you think? No. No. No, I don't think so. No. I mean, um Muniz it was a, was doing okay holding the ball up. I know he didn't get the goals, but he he's quite uh, he's quite powerful in the air. Um he could have been the big man, but it's I don't think that's uh, what Carrick's playing. I think, I think if, if, if that's the kind of football you want to go for, I think the guy playing our right wing will do that perfectly. I think Marcus Force can do that absolutely perfectly. If that's that's the way you want to go and lump it forward and get people surrounding you, I think Marcus Force can do that really, really well. But don't think, get me wrong, I'm not on about changing him changing the style of football. I'm on about having a big, a big centre-forward who can hold the ball up. I just find it a little bit strange that we've got other numerous other centre forwards there, that and we're playing a midfielder centre forward who is a big lad. He can head the ball. We've seen him do it plenty of times in the past and can hold the ball. It just makes me wonder if we can still play that type of Carrick football. But he wants like a focal point who can hold the ball up. I'm not on about hoofing the ball up from back to front and and, and changing the style of football. It just it just makes me think. I, I, I do wonder if we will bring in a bigger a bigger centre forward. No, I, I, that's that's what I'm saying as well, because it's that's what force can do, can't he? He can he can do the whole if you put the ball into his feet, he can hold that because he did quite well on, on Sunday at times holding the ball really well on that wing to create a bit of space. It's something that Chuba feeds off. Like Andy said there, he's going to that number 10 role has made him a, a brand new footballer. Especially Bure, because he he feeds off you know a bit of support around him. Obviously, playing up front by himself didn't work. That's probably why we didn't see the best of him before he went out on loan and came back. But yeah, if, if, if we don't sign any, if we don't sign any more strikers, which I don't think we will, I think if Middlesbrough are going to get better and progress this season, I think Crooks has got to go back onto the right side of midfield, and we've got to play Tuba and then choose between either Archer or a force up front. And as the game progresses, you can switch them around for fresh legs, and you can switch Crooks for, for what more in the second half to add more pace. But I think Middlesbrough as a team will be far more threatening, certainly at home, with McGree on the left, Crooks on the right, and Tuba behind Archer or force. Because you've got pace and you've got movement right through the middle there. And as the game progresses, you've got a great substitution. Crooks has tried his best. He's doing what he's going to do. 
Crooks comes off, you've got Watmore to come on on the right and run them ragged. Moving forward, that's, to me, far more threatening and more an exciting prospect than what we had on Sunday, where you've got a midfield with very little pace in, Tuba in the hole and Crooks up front, who, let's be honest, with all the will in the world, he's not really a centre-forward. We, Me and John had a laugh at the Birmingham game, didn't we, John, when we're both saying he should have been taken off, then he he turned into the man of the match and scored two goals and got an assist. But that was that's been far and few few between since he's been playing there. Let's be honest, he's he's a threat from midfield, he's a threat in right midfield, but he's not really a centre forward. In fact, he's even admitted such himself on interviews that he's not really a natural centre forward. So if we're going to get in the playoffs this season, I think that's something that's going to have to change. So in your starting eleven, then, Steve, do you have Crooks playing wide right instead of Isaiah Jones? I wouldn't have Jones in the team at the moment. Ooh. I would have him come. I would have him come off the bench, but at the moment, I don't think Jones deserves to be in the starting eleven. I think Crooks does. I think Force probably does. I think Akpom does, and Riley McGree do. But I don't. I don't think Jones at the moment can say I should be in that starting eleven. I just think the amount of clubs who were supposedly after that archer, he's, we've got to give him game time, haven't we? There'll be, I'm not saying there'll be someone written into his contract, but I think for him to come to Burry, he must have been told, you, you're going to be a starter. And I think I can see that happening, even on Saturday, I think. But I agree with you, like you say about Crooks on the right, it's a different option. Jones, no, but we don't know what's happened with him, do we? But if he's looking at winners from Rotherham, allegedly... He's obviously looking in the wide areas, isn't he, for competition or... Do you think he'd unload Jones if somebody came in for him? I alluded to, I alluded to, to, to it earlier. It makes you wonder, doesn't it, what's going on? If, if a bid came in, I don't want to put a figure on it because you could because people could listen and say, you know, waste money or, you know, come on, he's no, worth put, more. Put, put, if you put a figure on it, would you sell him? Do put a figure on it. Would I sell him for six million pounds? No, I wouldn't. Would you sell him for ten? I'd consider it. <laughs> deal or no deal. That's the that's the figure I had in my head. I thought, do I say it out loud? What did they say? Yeah, ten million. Would you sell him? Yes or no? I think I think with the state of where the club is at the moment, ten million pounds would come in very handy for us to strengthen in numerous positions to give us a better chance of promotion. If we were in the Premier League, would I sell him for £10 million? The answer would be no. So if we, don't, if, we, if we don't go up this summer, would you sell him for £10 million quid? I would, yeah, because I think it'd give a better chance of getting promotion by using the money in other areas. But if we had the money of the Premier League behind us, I wouldn't sell him for £10 million. I think he's got... I think he's got pretty much everything apart from his final ball, if he can sort that out. We've got a real player on our hands there. I just hope the fans, we're not discarding him. And, you know, he's, he's he, like I've said a million times, is he being as good as last season? No, but he's still had a big a big contribution to our goals and assists this season. I think if you look, John, like you say, his assists this season, he's still got Kenny few, hasn't he? Yeah. Has. I think it's because we've been that spoiled last season, the way him and Cook sort of linked up. You need, yeah, to do what Matt, you need to do what Matt Crooks has done. Get back in the team, off the bench, work hard in training, get back on the pitch, and when you get your chance, take your chance. Until he does that, he doesn't deserve to be in the start of the 11 at the moment. 
Is he good enough to be in the starting eleven? Of course he is. He's a game changer. He's one of the best wide players in the division on his day. He needs to get back in the team by working hard and training, get on the bench, get a chance in the first team and take it when he comes on. Then I'm sure Michael Carrick will start to use him more often. But until then, you can't just throw somebody back in the team that, let's be honest, of late has been poor. So... So if we're doing it on that, then I'm going to play devil's advocate here because you know my thoughts on Stefan, OK? I said that the boy, that he was, was playing at a level that he's not really used to. So Jones last season was his first year. He's having a few bad games this season and he's out. So in that case, then, when Stefan has a few bad games, do we shut him out and put Robert in? It's a completely different position. You don't chop and change your goalkeepers. You need, you need, you need consistency at the back. And Jones is a young lad. Um, you know, Stefan's not a young lad. Jones is a young lad. He's going through a little bit of um, competence issues, basically, obviously, in his play. You can see the way he's playing. He's trapping balls and going under his feet and going out to play. He just needs a little bit of confidence. And I think Michael Carrick's the perfect manager to give him that. He understands how it works for young players. And I think Carrick, over the next few weeks, they'll introduce him back into the team. If you look, he wasn't in the squad in the last home game. Then he was back on the bench against Sunderland. I would expect Jones probably to get game time against Watford off the bench. And if he takes his chance, he'll probably introduce him back into the team. I think it's, a, you know, that's, that's good management. He's a good player. And I'm sure before the end of the season, Isaiah Jones will regain, regain some form and be useful for him. And, and so that's right. That, that's right. You, can, you can't put a player in for sentimental reasons or for the fact that he had um, a decent start of the season. Of late, uh, he hasn't he hasn't earned his place in the starting eleven. We go out there to win every game. Uh, you can't afford to carry any passengers. It's up to it's up to Carrick to get Jones back into the starting eleven, and it's up to Jones to show Carrick that he wants to be in the starting eleven. Yeah, no, no, you're absolutely right. Um, Sorry, I was, I was, I was just letting you chat away then. Uh, <laughs> uh, but um, no, no, you're absolutely right. It's um, he will get introduced at some point. You know, he's not just completely ruled out the team, is he? But it's just, yeah, it's just when and how do you do it? So, quick, but, question, quick question then for you four. Very, very poor performance on Sunday. As I Jones on the bench didn't get any minutes. Does he start against Watford? Would you bring him in? Yes or no? No. Really? Stay? Yeah. No. 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 Oh, I, I, I've said already what I would do. I'd I'll be dropping Crooks back onto the right and I'd be starting Archer up front with uh, Tuba in the hole or Force up front with Tuba in the hole and Crooks on the right. That's what I would start with. Would I bring Jones on? Possibly. Well, I don't think I've ever said this before, but you are all wrong and I'm right. Behave, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you've said that plenty of times. <laughs> but, right, I'll finish this sudden segment off. I'm not going to ask you to a man of the match as I usually do, because, well, I didn't really, I couldn't really pick one, to be honest. Um, maybe the fans, I thought the fans were fantastic on Sunday. Um, Tuba. Yeah, Tuba was good. Um, probably the only one that was good. Um, but, and I'll just finish up by saying Tiago scored a second. There you go. If you want to see the goal, go see it. He was he was really good. Um, right, quickly transfer business. I'm going to come to you, Steve, because you said his name perfectly before we came on. Um, obviously, 
uh, Rotherham's mates, uh, Jordan Hugill. Uh, I think he's supposed to be their next signing, three and a half year deal, which means I've hit, I'm hearing Dan Barley's is on the way, and you shot a second name at me. Ogbenia. What's his first name? Jadozy. Yeah, that'll do. Bit do- <laughs> I always said bit dozy. He was just gonna, he was just having a look at his Jeff Stellan notes there. That'll do. Something like that. A dozy or Benny or something like that. That'll do. <laughs> just call, let's just call him Benny. <laughs> well, we thought he was off bet at first and we were calling him Bart. Benny. So, um... oh, Benny, yeah. He's a winger, isn't he? Yeah. Yes. Dozy's not the best name for a winger, like, is it? No, it's not. No, I wouldn't be passing to Dozy like if I was if I was a player like, but um, that's just me. Dozy. <laughs> there you go. Um, but they're the two names mentioned. Is it is it two names you expect to possibly see come in? Obviously, I know there's they've they're one of those clubs where if you bring someone in, you've got to you know so got to take someone out to bring them in, you know, cash flow etc. Will we finally see Dan Barlazer in the Borough shirt? It's pointing that way. I think uh, every, every, all the rumours seem to be pointing that way. Will we see it? I think that depends on how much uh, how much Rotherham want to want to try and stretch Middlesbrough's resources. They're obviously trying to, you know, tease Middlesbrough into putting in a an offer for a player that's going for free in the summer, and obviously wanting over a million pound for him. Um, I'm a little bit indifferent about this because I know he's a good player and he's up there on assists in the league and this, that and the other. I just think where Middlesbrough are financially for the sake of three or four months, do we really want to go and spend over a million pounds on a player that he obviously wants to come and we'll probably get him for free in the summer? Do we really need to push the boat that much? I would, If I was Middlesbrough, I would, I would say, look at you know, we've bid 900,000, we'll give you a million, take it or leave it, we're not moving from that, and if that means we don't get them, we don't get them. I do want Middlesbrough anymore, paying over the odds for championship players. If the player wants to come, and they stop it, he'll come in the summer for free. So, I would, I, I don't want Middlesbrough making silly, rash decisions, because I don't think if Middlesbrough are in the Premier League next season, it'll be because we've signed Dan Barlazer. No, no, you're no, you're absolutely right. I, 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 I completely agree with that. You know, don't, don't shot all your money at a player that's going to be a freebie in five months. There's no point. There's absolutely no point. Um, but one more thing I want to do mention. I didn't say this before we went on. Um, Kieran Scott was spotted at the Wigan Luton game on Saturday. Um, don't know who he was, who was watching. I have no idea. I think he was caught accidentally in a picture because I think um, he was sat behind Ben Watson at the football. So obviously people were trying to get pictures of him. FA Cup winner for Wigan. And then he just happened to be stood there with his... Uh, you know, he had a nice fetching bag with him. Um, uh, I couldn't tell you what bag it was, so don't try and ask me. Um, but... Um, he was watching also... He, he was... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was also at the Fulham Tottenham game. Was he? There you right. go. He's uh, he's obviously getting about. Um, I bet it's expensive. I bet his expense bills are right. Pay me ass to sort out at the end of the month. Uh, but um, 
you know, so for, for, I think I want you to reiterate that more because there's a lot of people, obviously, when you get towards this time of the transfer window, think he's just sat on his ass doing nothing. And it's very clear he's, he's out and about and he's, 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 he's working he's working as hard as he can to see what players he can get out there. Obviously, he's not watching any Wigan players because they're terrible at the moment. But Well, well... <laughs> Go on. Just to give, just to give the fly me the moon uh, a mention, there was a thread on there saying apparently he was looking at Wigan goalkeeper Ben Amos uh, because apparently Luke Daniels is leaving Middlesbrough. Hopefully in this window, they're trying to get rid of Luke Daniels this window, and they were looking at possibly Ben Ben Amos, who Michael Carrick knows and our goalkeeping coach of being at Man United knows to come in as a second or third choice goalkeeper. Now, I don't know if that's true or not. That was just a rumour there. But if it is true, I hope it's not because yeah. he he isn't... And, you know, I talk about goalkeepers all the time. He isn't one that's going to um, improve Middlesbrough for me. I think he's five foot eleven. He's been around the second division and the first division and done quite well at that level. But for the top end of the championship, he ain't, he ain't good enough to come to Middlesbrough. So that's that's a rumour that I heard on Fly Me at the Moon. How much truth in it, I don't know. Well, if Kieran Scott had contacted you last Friday, he could have saved the club some expenses, couldn't he? <laughs> I give you the short version of what Steve just said there. He's shite. Simple <laughs> as that. Well, it was, we've got this young and unknown at Swindon, haven't we? Saul Grimm. Saul he's Grimm. Getting, getting good. All I'm reading about him on the nets, he's getting good. I know it's League Two, but. He's getting good reports, isn't he? Good write-ups. That's yeah. I, I was I was going to mention. Obviously, you you beat me to it there, Andy. Obviously, he's he's getting a lot of plaudits in League Two, a lot. Um, he's had a couple of play in the months as well. I think in League Two, he's part of the he's part of the League Two team of the season. Um, obviously, look at all start somewhere, and I think he's. He's had a couple of loan spells now. Obviously, I know he was up in Scotland last season. He's obviously come down to England for this one, but. He started very highly at Borough, so he could be the one in a couple of years to kick Stefan out of goal. Uh, not really. Um, to, uh, to to possibly come into the first team. Obviously, I know that's what Roberts is there for as well. He's he's seen as a development goalkeeper as well, isn't he? So um, we've got a bright we've got a bright little future. That's you know it's something to look at. Please don't buy Ben Amos, please, please, please. Uh, we've, all, we've also been linked with. Uh... Central defenders, haven't we? Uh, yes. A lad from Brighton and one from Leeds. Yes, Van der, is it is it Van der Heck that's on that's at, right. um, at Brighton? Yeah, yes. Yeah. He's, he's, yeah, he's he's been looked at. Um, so it's it's showing that you know that things are potentially happening. There's a week to go. Obviously, you know I don't think this will be the squad as it is, but. Well, I saw a report today saying that uh, we were open to listening to offers for Dyke, Steele and McNair. So with Fry being out for three games, unless we one, bring in the centre-half, I don't, I don't really see us getting rid of McNair. Do any yield? He's out for one. Or is it one game? Yeah, he's, doing a, game he's doing a stint on BBCTs on Saturday as a commentator, bless him. <laughs> why, can't, why can't he uh, commentate on the Sunderland game? They're going to ask him on BBC T's who's his difficult, most difficult side that he's played against this season. So they're going to ask him. They'll <laughs> say, come back next week. I'll tell you. <laughs> if we look at the 
unload back there, he must be on a good screw, mustn't he? He must be on good money. Yeah. He, he must be one of the big earners, I think. I mean, I, I said I said to a, f- a few years before the window, I don't see McNair staying much longer. I think it's time to come towards the end. I, don't pull a face at me, cut. I, I can't see him staying much longer. Um, I, th- I think you said that last week, Steve, and um, yeah. and and, and uh, Dicko, you you mentioned about the fact that uh, last season he played over 60, 60 odd games with the Borough right, yeah. and and internationals, and you just thought he was you know needing a rest. Yeah, I do. So, I, I, th- I think he's a player that will, will probably do well for somebody next season. I don't think it'll be Middlesbrough. Um, at the minute, we need him obviously because we're short yeah. in the back. But it wouldn't it wouldn't surprise me if he wants to move on and you know uh, get a career move that maybe McNair goes out and somebody comes in like the lad from Brighton comes in and he goes out that you know he comes in on loan and we get a fee for McNair something like that. That wouldn't surprise loans, me financially. How many loans are you allowed? I think it's nine, but I think you can only have six in the match day squad or something like that, isn't it? So you can have more loans than you can put in the squad. And it's how you use those loans in the match day squad. But I fully expect, I, I still wouldn't be surprised that if that, that moat returns to West Brom. And obviously, I think Muniz will leave as well. So I think we've got a little bit of wriggle room in the, in, the, in the loan market as well, if need be. Do you think they'd be looking, sorry, do you think they'd be looking to? Sign Giles permanently, then they must be, mustn't he? I, I, I don't think we could afford Giles to be honest. I think the fee really? he command, yeah, I think the fee he would command would be would probably be too much for at the moment as a stretch. Um, and it ironically, if we got with the Premier League, I don't know if Ryan Giles is good enough defensively for the Premier League yet. So, sorry, I was going to say, you can't be coming out on loan now for experience, etc., can you? Because he's being kept out of the Wolves team by a kid in Ayat Nuri. He's only 21. I think they've just brought in another left-back as well. So I can't see him being part of Wolves' future, to be quite honest. So, no, I don't think it will be. Nah, definitely not. So, so just last, lastly, quickly on McNair then, you didn't want to put a figure on um, Jones. If we got a bid of five million pounds for McNair, would you lads sell him or not? Yes. Yes. Uh, probably. Yeah. yeah. Again, you are all wrong, and I'm right. <laughs> 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 oh, sorry, I feel like I'm getting bullied this week. <laughs> not, not the answer you'd expected, then, eh, John? Not at all. I, I just, I just, I just feel. I, I like McNair. I think he's, I think he's a great player. He's a utility player, isn't he? But it'd be interesting to see if he has sold him for five million pounds last season when he was absolutely flying. Oh God, no! <laughs> God, no! <laughs> but as I say, like last summer, um, there was talks of Jones being looked at for 15, 20 million quid. We've all just sat here and went. I tapped him for him. So well, we all we all wrote our best player off about six months ago. Well, yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah, I expect him to not to be. Yeah, a lot of them did. That's yeah. a beauty of football, isn't it? You know, nobody knows how players' career paths are going to go. How they're going to improve. Our, you know that some of our best players this season might not be so good next season, and vice versa. That's 
That's just it. football, but you can only you can only go on the here and now in football. Football doesn't stand still, it's always on the move. And if you don't move with it, you get left behind. And that's exactly. why those brands keep moving. I actually do agree with Steve. I, I'd be surprised if Paddy's still here next week, to be fair, when the window's shut. He's, he's, he's not young anymore. He's barely played any games. He's not, clearly he's not in um, Carrick's plans for the first 11. I'd be surprised if he's still here at the end of this window, to be fair. Well, t- to be fair, you say he's not young. I, I, I think he's he, he's at an ideal age. It's, it's, uh, he's in his prime, isn't he? No, that's what I mean. But it, it, he wants to be playing games every week, John. He's, he's not oh, 21 yeah. where he can buy his time. He's like, what is he, 27, 28, maybe? He, he'll want to be playing every week now. 27. 27. Yeah. Been around for everybody. I know. <laughs> it's surprising where yeah. that is, 27. Is that your cool, boo? I know. <laughs> he, 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 was, he was 36 last weekend. I was going to say, he's still celebrating his 32nd birthday, that boy. Um, but, no, um, no. Steve, like Steve's just said, uh, it's all about opinions, it's all about, you know, you know, we may not agree with each other. We didn't agree with each other about Stefan. You know, those people won't agree about what we just said there, but one thing's for certain, Ben Amos is shite, do not buy him, right? And that's all I'll say on that one. So, right... Oh, we've just got a Twitter notification. Middlesbrough can confirm the standing of Ben Amos. <laughs> yeah. Settings unfollowed. <laughs> That's me done. <laughs> right, just let's let's get this finished off then. Right, Watford Saturday. JD, this is it was a tough test when we went down there. Obviously, it was a different um Different manager, wasn't it? It was still Rob Edwards when we went down there in um, in August. Obviously, it's Slavin Bilic, I think. As you know, if he's not being sacked yet, it's still him. Um, you never know Watford. Um, it's going to be a big test, this isn't it? On Saturday, they say they're they're still third in the league. Obviously, I know they had a bit of a setback on Saturday, one-one draw against Rotherham, but they've got they've got a hell of a squad, haven't they? Yeah, yeah, they've got some. Uh, yeah, they've got a great starting eleven. Good, um, some good quality on the bench, and like you say, they they're fighting like we are for a playoff spot. So it is going to be tough. Um, we um, obviously down their place. We were hit by a, a, a last minute goal that uh, robbed us of what I thought was a, a deserved point. But um, that's water under the bridge. Um, but we've. We've always bounced back after defeats under Michael Carrick, so I'm hoping we do the same on Saturday. Yeah, I'm, I'm the same as you. It's, a, um, it's, 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 it's something we've always done, isn't it? We've, we've bounced back pretty quickly. Uh, I know he's not been here very long, but um, I say the defeats we've had. Obviously, look at the most recent one. Um, Brighton, we bounced back straight away against Millwall. One before that, Burnley bounced back with um, four straight wins in the league. Um, so... Um, yeah, it's it's a it's a big game. Um, coach, would you make any changes for Saturday? Or would, you know, are you sticking with bringing Jones back in? Or yeah, Jones Jones would come in for me. Um, for who? I'd, well, he'd come in on the right hand side. For I don't know, but I'd bring Archer in as well. I'd make I'd, I'd make a, I'd make a couple of changes from Saturday. Me, uh, yeah. Archer, Archer, Archer would be in the starting eleven. Jones would be in the starting eleven. Because I think we lacked a little bit of pace 
So bring, bring them to win and let's have a real go at them. They've got what you keep saying about them having a good squad. They're really good going forward, but they're not the best at the back. I think if I think if we attack them, we can get a decent result on Saturday, but it will be a real tough game. John, John, Pedro, John. Down there. Yeah. Was it that Pedro and that yeah. was with a kid called Sar. Sa, mm. yeah. Yeah. It was like a 20 minute spell down there where he, he battered us really first half, didn't he? But... Yeah, as I said, luckily, uh, I think Joe Pedro is still injured, thank God, because I think he's an absolute talent, that boy. But it's it's, it's, it's Miley Stars still there. And how much did you cost Watford? Was it 20 million, 25 mil? That's a lot of money, a lot of money for a championship player, that. But um, yeah, I've just had a look at their back line, actually. Um, I'm pretty surprised to see Craig Cathcart still there. Um, yeah. I'm pretty sure he's about the same age as Paddy McNair. Uh, but, um, Steve, were you like the boy? Would you make any changes, Saturday? Yes, as I said earlier on, um, I, would, I, would, I would. I would drop Crooks back on the right and I would. I'd probably try Cameron Archer up front with uh, Tuba behind um, and have Force to come off the bench and what more to come off the bench and change it up later on. That, that would probably be me. Obviously, you're going to have to play Paddy McNair because Dale Fry is suspended. Uh, but that, that would be probably as far as I would go to, to start off. I think Watford have got a lot of players uh, missing at the moment. Uh, a few key players missing. I think they can be got at. I think they're quite poor at the back. Um, I'm not a big fan of the goalkeeper. And I think there's goals there for Middlesbrough. We'll have a goal. We're brave. We'll get at them. I think there's goals to be had. It's a, it's a tough game on paper in terms of Watford as a team, um, some standout names and league position. But I honestly think Middlesbrough could 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 beat them on Saturday if if we're positive and on the front foot. And I think um Carrick, if he mixes it up and just just gets a little bit more pace into the side and let the, gets a little bit more on the front foot, I think uh I don't think they're the greatest I might be wrong because I haven't checked up on it like I should have done. I don't think they're the greatest on the road, Watford. Um so yeah, I think Middlesbrough can, uh, if they're on the front foot, can get three points. Put your neck on the line then. Give us a score. I'm going to go Middlesbrough, bounce back, and we will beat them 3 1. Wow. I like your confidence, I do. <laughs> um, Andy, score prediction. Two one, because we're not going to keep a clean sheet, are we? Nah. So we we'll go for two. That'll do me. Um, cut. Yeah, we're not going to keep a clean sheet, so I'll go for one nil. To Watford. No. JD. <laughs> um, I would like to see Cameron start uh, uh, with Crooks on the bench. Uh, a bit like Steve, but um, yeah, I think it's a game we'll bounce back and I'm going for 2-0. Mm. And the match cuts, I think 1-0. It'll be a tight game. I think we'll nick it. And I think, um, I think Johnny Alston will score the winner as well. We've just went on for 10 minutes about how good Watford's attacking players are. Three of us will keep, think we'll keep a clean sheet. <laughs> keep listening. Forget that. Expert opinions on this show. Forget that. Three of us have just cleaned up the keeper for 10 minutes and we've all seen you keep me clean sheets. 
So yeah, that shows what we know, doesn't it? But um nevertheless, Ben Amos is still shite, so I'm <laughs> I'm sticking with it. Um right, that's can it. Say, can I just say one thing one, quickly before one. we go? Uh, I think we're all we're all in agreement. He would like to wish a, a massive good luck to where uh, Southampton down at St Mary's. I don't know the current score, but I'm sure we'd all agree that we'd still <laughs> like to see their last trophy win being in black and white TV. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll back yeah. that. Um, yeah, hopefully by the time this goes out, they haven't won one. Well, day. obviously there's a lot of mags at work, so they've all been saying to me last week because I like look after like the setters at work. We've said we want the the 27th off. That's as well for. You see my cup final last is why you're not in a cup final, man. So I've just said if you bang some holidays in for that Monday, if you don't get to that final, right, you're still having the Monday off. <laughs> oh. But the full of it, man, there's about half a dozen of them gone down to you. It's gonna be hell. Gonna well, be hell. We're, all, we're all saints, we're all saints tonight. Definitely. Yeah. Halos yeah. above our heads. <laughs> I'm missing mine. <laughs> right. And then on that point, we'll leave it there. Gentlemen, thank you very much for uh, popping on, chatting. Um, Andy, great debut. Great thank debut. You. Um, no, thank you for popping on. It, but it was it was a pleasure having you on. Um, and thank you for listening and liking and subscribing and everything else that goes with it. Um, we're doing things in the background, so you will see us very soon. Um, so... We'll get our glad rags on. We'll we'll dial ourselves up. We'll make ourselves up presentable again for you. Um, I'll have to get me celebrated just for men if you wouldn't be done on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? If we get sponsored from Just for Men, that'd be fucking brilliant. <laughs> 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 and on that note, I'll leave you be. Thank you very much. Arriva Dirty, right, up the borough. See up you later. Yeah. All right, lads. Come on, you saints. Come on, you saints. Up the borough.